It was a hot day. Planes were flying overhead in this clear blue sky and down in the city of Charlotte, North Carolina. I was in my early 20s and I was sharing a house with a group of guys who played techno-industrial music. The singer had a girlfriend who had convinced him they should both shave their heads so they could paint themselves silver and dance under the strobe lights during his performance. I put my headphones in so I wouldn't disturb their keyboard player. They all had a show that night to get ready for. But if you walked down the hall full of skinny puppy posters and sleep chamber posters and black lights, you would see me standing in front of my dresser mirror, living in a completely different world. I was a diehard metalhead. And I was preening myself to go to another show that night, a group I loved, Death. I was focused on making my crazy curly hair land in the right places when I slammed my head around. And I made sure that it smelled like incense when I whipped it this way and that. And it was probably herbal essences that I was using. One thing I always loved about mosh pits was the intimacy. We all knew we would be stuck together in this really close, intimate space, and you didn't want to smell bad. You wanted people to not mind getting close to you. Being slammed around by strangers like you were in some bounty ball house was an exciting part of the experience. And so I kept preening. I was already turned on. I had such a crush on Chuck Schuldner. Ah, Christ, it was getting late. The clock said I I had to go. I cranked my beat-up old Dodge, and I sped to the auditorium. You're listening to Natural and Wild with Christine Grayson. I'm a storyteller. I love life. It's a beautiful Friday. I'm feeling warm and fuzzy. So let's have an adult conversation about the birds and the bees. A long time ago, I had a man friend tell me that he needed to ask me a question. His face looked sweaty and stress just oozed from that sweat, and I was kind of afraid of where he was going. He says, what is it about effing guys in an effing band that guarantees they're going to get laid? Why do chicks just dig guys who are in a band? Now, this was sometime in the early 90s, and we were both really young, so it was one of those frustrated, young, hormonal guy questions. And I hadn't even matured enough yet to answer that question, but I can answer it today. I'm going to start by talking about birds, and you're going to get this correlation really quick. We all know that when birds engage in courtship rituals, male birds turn into the rock stars of the wilderness, and they put a lot of effort into it. The singing. Birds usually have more than one song in their playlist. The more songs they know how to do, the more talented and experienced they look to the little girl birds. It shows off maturity. It shows off intelligence, dancing, or physical movements. They put on these bright displays 
They move with purpose, and they do anything they can physically do to entice and captivate their audience. Their feathers mimic the way an entertainer's hair might be blowing in the wind on a a lit-up stage at a high-energy show. Any mistakes this little male bird might make during this crucial moment will just scream out, I'm weak, hesitancy, inexperience. So that bright, clever little bird will do his dance with confidence and he'll put everything he's got into that show. Are humans any different? No, no, not at all. Women are looking for the same basics that a female bird is looking for. Intelligence, experience, talent, good health. Those bright displays and movements are a sign of a healthy bird that can sustain her bloodline, even if a woman's not interested in having children. There's always going to still be that base primitive brain back there that's looking for good health. We're ruled by our hormones and by other chemical signals, and there's no way to get away from this. Hormones will literally change your behavior. Chemical signals coming from another person will change your behavior, and it's natural. It's the way we're made, and I think fighting against it causes insanity and sometimes a little mental illness. We have come up with so many social norms, all man-made, to try to make every single person work the same way, and it doesn't. Those human manipulations just make people angry and confused and depressed. They make us lie to each other to avoid being ostracized or neglected. They make us hide and repress what we really want and what we really feel. Until we build up these frustrations and they release themselves in these creepy, sneaky, destructive ways. We're not just concerned with what our partners think of us. We're also concerned with what everybody thinks of us, and that's normal. There is no way that you can completely not care what people think of you, because we can't survive without each other. We depend on each other. We're all locked together in so many subtle ways that we're wired to care about what other people think of us to some degree. And in that, attraction is really, really important. It goes well beyond just wanting to hook up with somebody. And so admitting feelings that might go against very old established norms can be dangerous to some people's well-being. Not everybody can do it. But now let's get back to bird sex. What happens when a female bird doesn't seem interested? He's danced his big dance. He showed off and sang this entire concert. And she doesn't respond. Well, he finds another tree. He's on tour. He plays his show again in another tree, and he looks for another female. And yes, it's a lot of work, making yourself presentable and keeping your health up and learning how to do something so well that it can entice anybody. What do you do when you've put all that work into it? You've invested so much energy and focus on someone you like, but they always seem too busy or too distracted to notice you. Maybe they're subtly ignoring you. Do you find another tree? Most of us don't. Most of us keep riding this downward 
train until it crashes before we get off and walk away. We're not good at finding new trees. We come across somebody we like, they ignore us, and we try harder. We need to be like the bird and get out of that tree. And this applies to every single type of relationship out there. There's business partnerships, love partnerships, friendships. If it's one-sided and you're making all the effort just to get disappointed because he or she is just always busy, then there's probably something more to that. If someone genuinely wants you to be a part of their life or be a part of what they're doing, they're going to make time to pay attention to you. They'll find a way. Think about what you do when you want someone to be a part of your life and you have other things going on. You'll usually figure out a way to compromise and make time, right? They do too. If a person wants something, they'll go get it. They'll at least show interest and there won't be this continuous year-long waiting period before you can even spend time with them. So if you see that happening, find another tree. There's a million birds in this world. And you know what? They're all a captive audience right now. And that's one thing about this quarantine that you can probably work to your advantage. The whole world is your audience. Do you want new friendships? Do you want new business partnerships, collaborations, a date? Yes, that's possible too. Then get out there. Film yourself. Put yourself out there and do something that you're really good at. Find a way to integrate that into cyberspace. And this is the best time to do something like that. Nobody's going anywhere. And I'll bet you there's more people online right now than ever. Somebody's going to see you and like what you're doing. If there's anybody out there who's always wanted to do something like that, but it was just never the right time, they're always busy, things have to happen next week, well, you know what? Now's the right time. We've never seen anything like this before. Nobody knows what's going to happen. So decide what's going to happen on your end. Decide what you're going to do. Don't wait for things to get back to normal because they might not go back to normal. It's our turn now to decide what the new normal is going to be. And we can either do it with this whiny, high school, depressive, angsty attitude, or we can go, okay, this is what I'm doing now. You know what humans have always been good at? Adapting. But back to sexy birds. The bowerbird. Let's talk about the bowerbird. I hope I said that right. This is the one that constructs this elaborate, beautiful nest, a bower. And then he goes to the trouble of decorating it. Sometimes they use berries to even paint the sides of it. These structures are immaculate. And they're always unique. Every single little bird does it differently. And their competition is really fierce. One bird might see another little guy bird building this great nest and go destroy it. Or he'll go steal the poor little bird's ornaments and decorations. It's so brutal. It's unfair. And then when he's satisfied with his abode, he'll start to sing his song to attract the female. And she'll come and she'll listen and land inside, check out his little place. If she likes it, they'll do this romantic little dance together, and then guess what? 
When they're done, they're done. She leaves. This is the one night stand in the bird community. <laughs> the power birds. Not all birds are monogamous, and some of the ones who appear to be are usually socially monogamous, which is a little different. Most of these bird pairs, they'll stay together socially and stick with their mates and their babies, and they'll care for them. But there's still this promiscuity going on in the background. It's just not that obvious. And the point of that is that we humans are just as complicated and we differ in what we want and need as the natural world is in its aspirations for romance, sensuality, attraction. Because why? Because we are the natural world. This life, this world, it's an interactive art piece. It's designed to keep its life going through romance, sensuality, attraction. And demonizing these things is a manipulative tactic and a denial of what's honest and real. I would even dare to say in some cases it's a cop-out and an excuse to be lazy. Everyone's different. Every bird is different. There is no die-hard formula for turning somebody on. You have to show off your best self. You have to get up in that tree, not be afraid, and sing as strong and as intelligently as you can. You have to be courageous enough to show off every part of what you can do and show your experience in order to attract. Like a rock star bird. While I was thinking about putting this podcast together, I was told somebody had spotted an eagle on the property here. And the first thing that came to my mind, of course, was, hmm, I wonder how those giant raptors attract each other. Would it look like some kind of crazy dinosaur bird movie? And guess what? I was pretty close. Bald eagles engage in this crazy, dangerous dance in the sky. It's been dubbed the Death Spiral. They'll fly way up high in the sky, they'll lock their talons together, and then they'll cartwheel and spin and do this free fall down to earth like a rocket doomed to crash. And right at the last minute, right before they hit the ground, they break themselves apart. Now sometimes it's been observed that they couldn't break themselves apart in time and they'll hit the ground. It's not always as easy for them to let go because their talons are designed to lock down like a vice grip. The takeaway here is that these birds are bold. All birds are bold. They are brave when it comes to love. When I got settled in the woods, I started living so close and immersed in nature that I learned that these birds, they were not just these little cutesy, sweet singing Disney characters. The smallest bird is so courageous and they're all really social. They have this entire system of social engagement with each other. And you really don't want to interfere with their courtship rituals during the spring. Because it's incredibly important for a female to be picky. Nature's a brutal force more often than it's nice and pretty to look at. It's intense. It's strong. And if you're a bird, you don't want to have an unhealthy, incapable baby. They're not going to survive. It's hard work to keep baby birds alive. And this is why most male birds will help out with that. And most birds will pair for such a long, long time. 
if their foreplay with each other is disturbed, she might choose a mate who's less healthy, less attractive, and half of her babies are going to have health problems, or more likely they'll just die. Human women are made to be picky too. So, my old friend, who was obviously upset in his young mind epiphany of how the natural order of attraction works, wanted to know why. Why can't two people who want to sleep together just say, hey, I want to sleep with you, and just do it without all the games? Of course, he said it in a more derogatory way than that. And today, grown-up me would sit him down and say, Because romance is a game. It's meant to be playful. It's important that bonding happens. It's this elaborate, beautiful dance, a give and take, a chase and play game. And it's fun. It's meant to be fun. If it was just this sterile, quick procedure, it would feel like you were just going to the doctor to do something that you were obligated to do. And that feeling of obligation or guilt in some cases, always results in miserable relationships, health issues, unhappy children, broken homes. Women's bodies and hormonal structures are not even set up to work right if they're doing it under duress or obligation or guilt. We're meant to be picky. There are physical, mental, and spiritual reasons behind that. And chemical signals, they're just as important as rationalization when it comes to attraction. It's wired in there, and it's the strongest fire that we've got because it's pure survival. The social structure of the family and the business contract of the marriage, that's secondary. We have to like each other first. You know, we messed up. We messed up in the way that we've historically paired up our daughters with landowners in order to secure territory and money between families centuries ago. It left an impression. People didn't even marry for love until the Victorian era. And this has ingrained the idea that money and business partnership should be the first consideration when it comes to hooking up. And that takes every bit of fire and romance out of a relationship. And I know that romance and sex is not all there is to a relationship, but try having one without it. Now let's get back to our roots and be brave like that bright little red bird, first thing in the morning, standing out on a limb, lifting his voice into the sky as loud as he can, and attracting the whole community with his song. And girls, do not be ashamed of being picky. Sex is a very intrusive procedure for a woman, and you're not a jerk for being picky about who you allow that close to you. Thanks for listening to my show. I'm Christine Grayson, and I hope you'll join me again next week for another Nature Epiphany. And I hope you'll be kind enough to leave a review for me. You might have liked it, or I might have pissed you off. You have a voice, too. Be good to each other, and have a great weekend.